0: What up, what up? Welcome back to the All Things Bangles podcast, my people, with yours truly, V-Things, Bangles things, whatever you want to call me, I ride with either, it's cool. Appreciate you guys for tuning in today on this beautiful Friday in Cincinnati. Um, can't believe this week is almost over. For me, this felt like the longest week, low-key. You know, because this was the last week without any football. I feel like next week, of course, it's going to be grueling to get through the week. But it's game week. It feels real. At least for me, as I'm preparing. But this week, it was just so close. And this is like, it's surprisingly been a pretty pretty quiet period Um, for the Bengals. Outside of all the moves they're making, that sounds kind of contradictory. But like... I haven't heard anything about practice. I've been trying to read up on practice. I don't know if it's the time of year or um, or I don't know if it's this time into the season that no media members are allowed to practice. Typically they're allowed at the beginning of practices. so like I've been like trying to search on Twitter, seeing some shit you know from the beat reporters on what's going on and I have not read anything. I mean, it's Friday, I'd assume they have a practice today, and I would assume it already happened. I have not heard anything though, so I do not know about any practice going on today, but let's just say it happened, because I think it did. Yeah, back with this last week, man. It's almost through, can't wait, it has flown by, Um, yeah, I think... Did we have? Was all our last game was the twenty seventh, which was Saturday. I thought it was Sunday for a second. <sighs> I'm done rambling about that, guys. We're almost there. It's almost officially Steelers week. Oh my gosh, the fucking slander is about to be great. It's about to be so fun. Man, I just keep thinking about the Steelers secondary and what they're gonna do to try to stop this offense. I can't fucking wait. They do not have the firepower to keep up. Almost all teams don't. It's a great thing. Um, So, some of the things I'm going to get in today, guys, um, as I went over most of the things that have happened on Wednesday. um, But we'll hit on some other tiny notes today. So... Today we have re-signed um, Dot, both Michael Thomas's, Michael Thomas's safety and Michael Thomas, a receiver, and Travion, um, which was expected. Actually, the guy I least expected uh, was probably Trey, 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 Travion. Um, nice to see him back, though. I know he's a valuable piece to Darren Simmons and that special teams unit, so good for them. Um, Man, you... May think about it sometimes. I think about it a lot. Like, how do these players feel? You know, like you terminate the contract, and what do you do? Do you like have the same contract available for when they come back? Which most times it's veteran minimum or a minimum type deal, anyways. So it probably is pretty simple. Like, imagine for like a fringe roster guy, like a a Drew Chrisman last year. The dude was literally. Signed to the fucking practice squad like 10 times last year. Imagine how that shit is. Like you're trying to keep a job outside of football, being the fringe roster guy you are as a punter, so you're already making very little money. You sign to the practice squad, very, very, very little money. You get cut a couple days later. You sign back another week, you get cut. Sign back the next week, you get cut. May not get a call for two weeks to get signed. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's got to be stressful, bro. So, like, it's nice to not see any of our guys going through that limbo right now. It's nice to see Travion get signed back after getting cut. Because he's probably worried that that may have been his time ending here in Cincy. Um, But good for him. Good for all of them that they're back. Uh, I don't know how much I mentioned it on the last pod, but no. Jake Browning is not QB2. Yes, he looked good, but he also looked good against guys that were not making the team. Like, Jake Browning was going against players that are no longer on rosters. And dots he has plenty of more experience. Jake Browning has never played in a fucking NFL game, or regular season game. I had the same issue last time, I remember. Um, they're not the same. Like, who cares? Yes, it's important, but it's not. It's just not that important. There's a good chance B. Dot doesn't play a single fucking snap this year. It's like, what are we doing? It's not that big of a deal. B. Dot's the guy. Obviously, it showed today with us resigning him. So, two other roster moves we made was putting Tyson Anderson and Isaiah Prince on the IR. I, uh, Isaiah Prince was a little bit more expected. I think he's been dealing with uh, the wrist or maybe an ankle now. One of them. Um, And Tyson's a little bit more unexpected to me. Uh, He got injured like this week. And it was undisclosed on exactly when it happened. Oh, I think it was a wrist or something. Both of them may be arms. I don't know. But from the very, very little I know, I think it's short term. This is not season-ending IR. First off, it would have been notified if it was season-ending IR. But now IR used to be um, six weeks you were out. Now it's four. So you hope to see those back end roster guys um, back as soon as possible and healthy, so you know they can just make the back end of this roster even stronger. Um, and another thing I want to get to is what can we expect from the newly added guys? What can we expect from tight end David Asiassi, defensive tackle J. Tufele, and guard Max Sharping? For the little bit I know with Devin Asiasi, he's a damn good blocking tight end, um, and he could catch some passes. He barely did any of that with the Patriots. Hence, they they did have to. Who did they have? Jono Smith and Hunter Henry. Fucking dedicated like twenty million dollars to that fucking tight end room. That's ridiculous. So that's what they got going on in New England. Plus, their passing game has just been completely inefficient and weird. Like, the numbers are there for Mac Jones. Obviously, weren't there during Cam Newton and David Asiasi's rookie year. Devin Asiasi, I'm sorry. Devin Asiasi's rookie year. But then they had the two tight ends coming in 2021. So, Asiasi was just that third guy. So, if people just look at stats, don't get too turned off from that. Because if you do indulge on it, eh, you probably won't like Asiasi too much. I think he's going to only provide quality depth to this team. I don't think we're going to use him in in, in many passing situations, if ever. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the dude catches less than five passes this year. I would actually place, if there was a bet on the over or under on five passes, five catches for Devin Asiasi, I'm picking the under. Um, He's going to be a nice plus for Drew Sample. Drew Sample 2.0. So be pre-framed, people. This isn't this isn't our fucking direct correlation, um, or, or I should say direct comparison to fucking OJ Howard, alright? We ain't got none of that shit, so don't expect that from Ossie Ossie. He's just a back end roster guy. And uh oh, a little bit of more information I did learn with the OJ Howard scenario was he never ended up visiting here. He was about to fly down da- fly up to Cincy, or fly down, I'm sorry he's from Buffalo. No, I thought he was in uh, Tampa, but he was gonna fly down from Buffalo, and I guess adding tight end David Asiasi was enough. Oh well, it is what it is. He signed with the Texans. It's fine. Who cares? He was gonna be our sixth or seventh option anyways. So I don't think I'm losing any sleep. Haven't lost it yet. Don't think I will. But I'm not getting O.J. Howard. So, that's pretty much it with Devin Asiasi, though. Just a back-end roster guy. Good blocking tight end. It'd be nice to have him out there with Sample. Um, you know, to get a two-tight end set and fucking run some flanker shit. Fuck Fucking get fucking six, seven, eight dudes on the line. I don't give a damn. And just run that bitch. That's how I see it. Nice and simple. Defensive tackle J2 Fela. It was interesting. He was a 2021 fourth-round pick. The first pick of day three. In the draft, um, he did not do much last year. But a thing I think about is, like, really with all of these guys, Devin Asiasi, J. 2 Failey, and Max Sharping, they dealt with pretty fucking shitty situations, each of them. Devin Asiasi was a tight end three on a lackluster passing offense that couldn't find his identity. They, have no, they had no clear-cut number one. They were just trying to get the ball to whoever was open, praying that they would create a play. Jacksonville, well, Urban Meyer, yeah, that was a fucking shithole. Uh and then Max Sharping was on the fucking Texans. Just complete shit show. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm not saying these are complete excuses, but they are valid reasons for why their performance may have been lower, thus their value decreasing, ultimately leading to them getting waived from their former teams. And now signing here, coming to a much much more stable, healthy, firm foundation in Cincinnati with quality offensive line coach, damn good defensive line coach in Marion Hobby, and then a good tight end coach, and then a good offensive coordinator with a good, you know, an offensive-minded coach with a good, ah, I was going to say good tight end room, not necessarily, you know. Weapons, weapons on weapons. J2 doesn't have to be the guy. Max Sharping doesn't have to be the guy, and Devin Asiasi does not have to be the guy. So I think they're only going to do better here. That's ultimately what I'm getting to. J2 Faley is going to be a nice depth piece. He played a bit of three tech and some nose tackle. I think he's sitting right at about 320. Um, And let's see what he can do. First pick of day three. I think he could be um, just a nice guy on the back end of our roster. Needed some more defensive line depth, and he provided exactly that. So maybe you could expect 10, 20 snaps from Tufele a game on that defensive line. Um, Probably 7, 13 snaps for Devin Asiasi, and I think a majority of that will come on special teams. Um, And then Max Sharping, he's an interesting one, guys. 33 starts 48 games played never missed a game in his career or maybe he missed one last year excuse me um and he's had a better pass block and efficiency grade in the last three seasons than Alex Kappa no that is not me saying that's a direct correlation to his ability in production thus he's better than Alex Kappa not saying that I'm saying he can pass block Yes, he dealt with some bad shit, really, his last all three years of playing there. I mean, fucking DeAndre Hopkins goes in 2020, obviously 2021 was hell, and 2019, that was a fun year, don't know how he did, uh, for the Texans at least, but a uh, good year for them, so, he's just a veteran, a veteran that can be plugged into this O-line room, that is filled It had 11 people as of this morning Then Isaiah Prince has moved to the IR. They had to move an O-lineman. There's likely going to be another O-lineman moved. Because 10 O-linemen is a lot of O-linemen. I don't see more than 9. Put on the active 53 on, you know, when it comes to week 1 against the Stewards. Because that's just pretty uncommon. Um, But Max Sharping is surely going to be one of those guys. Um... A couple other guys I could see that are for sure going to be those swing guys on game day is Hakeem Adeniji. I think they really value his experience at this point, and I think they are just going to keep him at backup left tackle. I don't know how adamant they are to plug him in on the inside, especially now that they got the great addition of Max Sharping. That's why Max Sharping is so valuable. Do you want to have to rely on 22-year-old Trey Hill when an interior lineman goes out? Do you want to rely on Hakeem identity when an interior lineman goes out? No. Do you want to rely on Jackson fucking Carmen, who's like dog-housed right now? No. Jackson Carmen may seriously be the odd man out. I see Trey Hill, Hakeem Edenji, Max Sharping, and Deontay Smith. If there was nine would not be surprised in the least bit if Jackson Carmen did not dress for game days max sharping I think he's going to be the first interior lineman off the bench I don't know if he has any experience at center I don't think he does because he's a big ass dude I don't know how well he do you know being that down and uh you know having to come out of a stance already at a weak position at a you know less advantage because he's you know down in the three point stance of the football but Um, yeah, that's what you can expect from those guys. And, um, let's see, since there's not a ton of stuff going on, I was going to hit a few notes guys on what to expect from the Bengals this season. Now I'm not going to try to hit on this for too long because I plan to go in on this much more here in the next few days, especially getting nitty gritty with the Steelers going to hit some X and O's later next week. Part of me wanted to do it now, but I didn't want to jump too far ahead. So some of the things to expect next season, well, I think you can expect more efficiency consistency on the offense. We all know. we all fucking know that the consistency on this offense was putrid and so frustrating last year for the capabilities that they had. It was so frustrating. I think I have this correct. Sorry, I looked at the list a bit ago. haven't looked at it in a few. few. Uh, it's definitely been a bit since I've seen this list, which was the amount of times the Bengals scored on their opening drive. It was two times, if I'm not mistaken. Two fucking times out of 17 games in the regular season. This Bengals offense scored fucking twice. Twice? That's it? That is not enough. Not near enough. Turning the page to this year on what to expect, I think that's one of those things. With more consistency on the offensive line, we're going to be able to get better push, and it's something that has been overstated but cannot be overstated. If You know what I'm saying? And our guys have only gotten better. Our skilled guys and quarterback have only gotten better. I think we can expect more consistency. If the ops... Listen, if they aren't scoring 30, they don't have a chance. Of course, that's not super literal because anything can happen. It is any, any given Sunday. Any team can march in anywhere and beat anybody. These are all pros. Absolutely. But just hitting it on the surface, that's how it should fucking go. Like if the Ops ain't scoring 30, they ain't got no chance. Um, and then, man, this defense is going to be so good, guys. Like, I was going through it, and, you know, I was analyzing down this defense, up and down, really trying to dig into the X's and O's of what we got here. We have one of the best, if not the best nose tackle in football, the best run-stopping nose tackle in football. We have a top 10 three-tech defensive tackle. Um, We have the best run-stopping edge defender in football. We have one of the best pass-rushing edge defenders in football. Now, unfortunately, both of those guys are a little bit lopsided in their games. One's a premier pass, pass rusher. Not that good in run-stop. One is the best run-stopper. One is not that good in pass... Or, uh, you know... Pass rushing. Of course they can do both, but, you know, one excels extremely in another. But that's a pretty fucking good defensive line. You got depth. You got depth with that in J2 Fele. It's pretty much like getting a free fourth-round pick last year, guys. In a way. Like, I don't know if the Bengals liked J2 Fele coming out. Maybe they did. But imagine if they did. Like, that'd be a nice fucking pick. So that's a perspective we could you know, see with the addition of Jay Tufele. You got the best linebacking room in football. Mainly because it's the deepest, not just, you know what, actually maybe the 49ers have an advantage there, but nonetheless. You have a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker in Logan Wilson. You have a damn good number two linebacker in Jermaine Pratt that's only getting better and has shown us all the signs of doing just that this offseason and preseason. You have depth on depth on depth that is fucking insane on this linebacker core. Super sturdy linebacker core. You have one of the best slot corners in the league. You have a competent CB2. You have one of the hottest CBs in the league. He's probably a top 10, top 7 cornerback in the league in Chita Bay, I would say. And you have the best safety unit in football. Run that down even quicker. Best safety unit in football One of the top slot corners in football. One of the highest graded corners in football. A good CB2. One of the best linebacking rooms in football. One of the best pass rushers in football. One of the best run stoppers in football. One of the best nose tackles in football. And a top 10 three-tech. That's a lot of tops that you heard. That's fucking real. That's what this team is, guys. This defense is fucking strong. So sturdy. I think Luna Aruma is only going to get better. This team has only gained more continuity. These veterans, these leaders have gained only more experience, only have became more sharp, only getting more into their primes. The oldest fucking defender on this team. Let me think. Jesse Bates, year five. Von Bell. Uh, maybe Von Bell at like 27, 28. Our oldest starting defender is no more than 28, maybe 27 years old. You fucking kidding me? That shit isn't normal, guys. That's elite shit. And our depth is fucking young. It's insane. It's awesome. That's the thing that we can expect this year. This defense is going to be a top five defense in the league, and we're going to have the best offense in football. Period. And I think we're going to come out firing on all cylinders. No, that doesn't mean we're going to win every game. No, that doesn't mean we're going to have a not a single drive that we don't score a touchdown or not a single drive that we allow a point from the op. We're going to have close games. We're even going to lose some because it's a fucking NFL. But I can tell you this is the best team. The best team. Can't wait, guys. Those are just some of the things to expect this season. And uh, can't wait to get more in the nitty-gritty um, beginning next week beginning in just a few days guys thank you for listening to the Friday episode here the all things Bengals podcast I'll be back with you guys on Monday it will be Steelers week we're about to talk with Keller Witherspoon, Levi Wallace these nobody guys on their secondary that are going to have their hands full completely overloaded and don't know what to do against this fucking skill unit on this Bengals team We ride in high, people, for all the right reasons, for all valid reasons and truth. That's pretty much it, guys. Thank you for listening to the All Things Bangles podcast with yours truly, beat Things. I will talk to you later. Peace.